I think it's really helpful to be clear with our kids. We know that our loved ones, or we can be assured that our loved ones are entrusted to the mercy of God. Yes. Um, and, and that our praying or our remembering isn't so that they'll be forgotten, like some movies might imply. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know which one you are speaking okay. of that is theologically incorrect. Right? Yes. Because every single one of our loved ones who has died is known personally by God right. and is unrepeatable 100%. and beautifully and wonderfully yeah. made to be part to be part of his his eternal life that he has yeah. set aside for us. This episode of Beyond Sunday is brought to you by Assumption University in Windsor, Ontario, one of Canada's most historic Catholic institutes of higher learning, tracing its origins to 1857. Learn more about their online graduate diploma in Catholic studies by going to assumptionu.ca or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, a podcast for parents like us, striving to weave the Sunday experience into the everyday moments of our week. I'm your co-host, Nicole Joyce. And I'm Rocky McCormick, your other co-host. Step away from the Halloween candy and join us as we talk, laugh, and reflect on our experiences raising Catholic families and allowing God to transform our everyday lives. So, we're already at the end of October, Nicole. When did that happen? I know. Next week is like the end. Nope. Shh. Nope. Shh. We don't talk about that. Um, but because we are at what I believe is now deemed spooky season. Mm-hmm. We deemed it spooky it's season. It's been spooky season for like a whole month, but okay. Well, I mean, really since the beginning of September, maybe end of August. Yep. Yeah, all this stuff's been in the stores. But I'm curious, for your family and for your kids, cemeteries, are they creepy or cool? Uh, okay, fun fact. Yeah. Oh, I love fun facts. My dad mm-hmm. worked at a cemetery. Get out. For 30 years. Get out. So I grew up at cemeteries. That's so cool. So they're not really creepy or cool. They're just like a place you go to visit dad when he's at work <laughs> and feed the ducks yep. and walk around Ours and enjoy beautiful nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my dad uh, worked as, um, you know, like the person who helps you when your loved one dies oh, and you need to make arrangements. So. Yeah. That was his job for many years, and he really it's considered such a holy, himself a minister. Sacred role. Yes, yeah. he considered himself a minister of the corporal works of mercy, of obviously. Yeah. Um, and so for us, cemeteries were, you know, just part of reality. And death mm-hmm. has always been just a reality, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, in, it is a reality. Homes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's just, um, I think if anything, it's helped my brother and I grow to mm. be able to talk about it without like a lot of anxiety, right? Sure. Like it's just something that we understand. It's, yeah, just a yes. normal part of your life. Yeah, so I wouldn't yeah. say cool or creepy. I do, well, you know, when I was little, though, they were cool. Yeah. Because I got to feed the ducks. Very and cool. I had a duck who would, like, follow me around. Oh, my gosh, you had a pet duck yes. at the cemetery? Yes, one time we were leaving, and he tried to, like, follow the car out of the cemetery. That's and amazing. And like, shoot him back in. So four cats, a dog, and a duck, not yes. going to happen? add the duck to the menagerie. <laughs> the you have your own household. little zoo or farm. Maybe you need to it, live on a farm. Don't bring that up, because if Russ hears you he might still try to convince us to have chickens chickens are different yeah chickens are different russ he's chickens are different no chickens they better (laughs) not convincing yeah so anyway i think cemeteries are cool okay i don't think they're creepy i actually really like a foggy cemetery i think it is the coolest thing to walk by especially in the fall Mm -hmm. like when the leaves are all different colors I come at it from like a cinematic, photographic kind of sense. Okay. It just looks cool to be in a foggy cemetery with the leaves colored how they are. But I also think sometimes we forget the power that our simple actions have. One thing that I like to do, um, 
when we move to our new home, our drive to school always includes passing by at least one cemetery, sometimes two. And I always, very quietly, because I didn't make a show of it, would pray for the souls that were buried at the cemetery because I don't know if anybody's praying for them. Yeah. And so I do a quick prayer as we drive by and I never really said anything to the kids. They were younger at the time. But apparently when they were driving home with dad, they like to recall everything mom did on the drive to school, which, you know, all the things that mom said on the drive (laughs) to school, which my daughter's like, you have road rage. I'm like, I don't have road rage. There's just really bad, slow drivers and construction everywhere. Um, But mixed in with that, they mentioned that I always pray when we pass the cemetery. And I didn't really even know that they noticed. Yeah. Because I was just so quick and quiet about it. So now I pray it out loud so that they can join me if they want to. But especially in in this culture where I feel like there is this growing fascination with horror and the macabre. Mm, yes. Right? Like so many horror flicks out there that are not genuinely suspenseful, but just gross and gory and almost a little, I don't know. I think just it always gives me... That gives me the creep. That makes me feel like those are creepy to me. I can't really comment on that because I do not watch any of that or advertisements for them. So Yeah, no, I switch it anytime they come on. Like they make me that uncomfortable really? that I won't okay. watch it. Yeah, yet. I don't think I could watch them either. Okay. It's a paranormal stuff is, is what creeps me out. Like oh, yeah. Stuff. yeah. Okay. But I think that there's a growing fascination with all of that. So maybe this would be a good time to refocus that fascination and talk about how we as Catholics approach the spooky season. Yes. And like by it. spooky season, I mean Hallowtide, of course. All Hallow's Eve or Halloween, All Saints Day, which is a holy day of obligation or opportunity, however you'd like to look at that. Go to church. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that is. End story. Go to church. And All Souls Day. I like it. Cool? Yes. All right. I love it. So, so oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I, was gonna say, I don't want to spend too much time like hashing out. I think we all kind of know yeah. what those are, but real quick. Yeah. So Halloween. All Hallows Eve, all right? All Hallows Eve. Yep. We were remembering all of our dead. Yes. Yes. And it's totally Catholic. Mm-hmm. Next, All Saints Day. We celebrate the canonized saints with the capital S, kind of like Superman, but he's not a saint. Gotcha. <laughs> and then we have All Souls Day. And this is the day that we pray for all the holy souls that have gone before us, that we believe are in purgatory. Those that we hope are saints with a little s until the church recognizes them and makes them all big ass saints. I think um, we're all pretty aware of like All Saints Day for sure. Well, I mean, our kids all have to dress up. So yeah, if, if you have kids season. in Catholic school or in faith formation, you probably need them to wear a saint costume coming mm-hmm. up here soon or make a poster or a wax museum or a presentation or a book report. Can I say I love that we have modern saints now so I can just be like, grab your Game Boy, your Carlo Acutis, go. There you go. <laughs> Mom does not have to buy anything. Right? Those are the best. <gasps> right. Um, so I think we all know about All Saints Day for mm-hmm. sure, but I don't think we hear a ton about All Souls Day. I feel like you have um, to kind really of... the have, month of All Souls, right. which is like the whole month of all November. All of November. Yeah. I feel like you have to kind of have a special devotion to that to really hear a lot about it. I know every parish I've been at has had a Book of the Dead where you can enter in the names of your loved ones. But mm-hmm. other than that, I don't think we talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we should start with the obvious question. What's that? What's purgatory? It is the front porch of heaven where you're wiping off your shoes and mom's hosing you down. I mean, this is a good image. I like it. <laughs> I like it. All right. But what is what is well, officially purgatory? Yeah. So actually, pretty recently, Archbishop Vigneron wrote a pastoral note 
called um, A Call to Prayer, mm-hmm. Praying for the Souls in Purgatory. And you yeah. can read this note on unleashthegospel.org. Um, but he has a really beautiful way of describing it. And he, he quotes the catechism in here too. And he says, the doctrine of purgatory as set forth in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, Article 1031, refers to the cleansing of souls in preparation for their final home in heaven. Mm. When we pass over from this life to the next, we hope that we die in grace and friendship with God. However, if we die in grace and friendship but still are imperfectly purified, we are assured salvation but must undergo a purification to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. So absolutely, it is you standing on the front porch getting your shoes hosed off before you enter. Everyone in purgatory will enter heaven. Yes. Right? They will enter the kingdom of God. It's not like a second chance to make it into heaven. It's, it's, you're almost there. Right. It's not a waiting room. It is not. (laughs) (laughs) Or the train station where you can barely make out what it is that they're calling you on. It's not an escalator. Nope. No. Nope. It's a front porch. Mom's just telling you to clean up. <laughs> so, so we, I, I think we should just clarify that we mm-hmm. we know that God's mercy is infinite, and we know that that Jesus yes. desires all of us yes. to enter into eternal life with Him and be with Him forever. You but we also mind. know that so many of us, um, when we die, are not in perfect grace. We all right. have what we would call theologically like temporal attachments right like we all still have these earthly things that we feel really tied to yeah and it could be so many things i'm just going to name one that's very obvious to me which is food i I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) i have not on occasion said that i am food motivated (laughs) at all (laughs) but we all have those temporal attachments food Mm -hmm. gossip power fame you know uh, authority like there's just everything and, and and it's not to say that like desiring those things is necessarily bad but when we have an attachment to them in a way right that keeps us from being fully and wholeheartedly attached to the lord instead like that's what we're mm-hmm. talking about and that's that's where purgatory kind of comes in is that we have an opportunity yeah. to remove all these cleansing attachments yeah. before we go yeah. in yeah absolutely and i think to the other thing that i i feel like we need to say is that the church does not declare anybody not in heaven exactly so Truly, no matter what we know about our loved ones who have who have gone on, praying for them is the merciful thing to be doing. Yes, right. That's that actually answers question number two. What yeah. does it mean that we're praying for our faithful departed? And that's exactly what it is. We're just praying that they yeah. can finish cleaning off their shoes on that right. front porch as soon as possible. <laughs> Absolutely, we right. want yeah. them to enter into. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Regardless of how much mud they've been in, Peppa Pig muddy puddles or just a little bit. Yeah. We all got that baggage, so we do. We do. And then, how do we do this? Like, especially with with our families, and it might feel uncomfortable for some people to talk mm-hmm. about death. Not all of you grew up visiting the cemetery and feeding the ducks on a regular basis, <laughs> right? So it might feel difficult for you to discuss. When I think too, like in our culture, we have this fear of death, mm-hmm. right? Like, we we are grasping onto our youth or some version thereof. In desperate measures, like their entire industry is devoted to delaying death. Yeah. And and so when you're steeped in that, I think that there can subconsciously become a fear. Like you can somehow subconsciously, there's a fear of death. And so we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And I think there are also maybe some people who don't 
want to think about the possibility of someone not being in heaven yet either. Oh, 100%. Because it's certainly right, yeah. comforting. But that's, again, why I want to just reaffirm right. that you are going there, but yeah. you are preparing to enter. Yes. So um, I we, think... We can hope with great hope yes. that our loved ones are on their way there. Exactly. No matter what they have done. We just... We, we cling to the hope of the mercy of God. Yes. Yeah. So I think number one is the easiest is that we always pray for our faithful departed that they'll mm-hmm. be welcomed into heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's really the purpose of the funeral, right, too. The rite of Christian burial is specifically yes. about praying for for our dead to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. It's not a canonization process right. by any means. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then next, I think, would be to ask our faithful departed to pray for us. Yes. Which is so important because even though they're not a saint with a capital S. Right. They are so much closer to Jesus in proximity than we are at this point, right? Like they can be interceding for us in a way. And they can see the bigger picture, right? From where they are when they are with Jesus. Yes. They can see the bigger picture that we cannot. Mm -hmm. And so they might be able to know exactly what we need before we even do. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, And then another thing that's something that is dear to my heart is to offer masses. Offer masses for those that have have passed on. Um, I offer masses for our loved ones who have gone before us on their birthdays, on their anniversaries, um, just on special occasions, and sometimes randomly, just randomly because we have just an empty funsies. slot. Well, right. Well, and when I worked at the parish, if we had an empty slot on a yeah. mass day, Rocky's going to throw in an intention for yeah. her family. And I just right? want to throw yeah. this out there for any of you listening who are like, "What? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, what yeah. does it mean to offer mass?" You can call up your parish mm-hmm. office or walk up there and knock on the door and, and you can talk to the lovely parish secretary and say, I'd like to offer a mass for someone. Yeah. And she'll pull out the calendar and she'll tell you, oh, we have a mass this coming Thursday at 7 a.m. And it, there there is no one listed here. Right. So if you'd like this mass to be offered in memory of, of someone, right. all you have to do is give us a name. You can, of course, make a donation to the church. Yes. And then that mass will be offered in their memory. And yeah. I think that is such a beautiful, wonderful way to celebrate their life to continue to pray for them that they can enter into heaven and and also right. to ask for their intention for their intercession yeah absolutely and i you know if again i love the solanus casey center and so the capuchins also have prayer cards down there and you can enroll your family in their masses beautiful. and they will pray for them at every mass for the entire year beautiful so that is something that i like to do i also like to offer masses before people are dead which confuses a lot of people yes there's always like a weird note in like parentheses when that happens it'll be like so and so birthday, birthday. <laughs> like they not are not dead, dead. <laughs> <laughs> i remember the first time i did that for one of my kids somebody came up and says everything okay i'm like yeah things are good we're all great it's just it's birthday. his birthday yeah yeah um and one of the other ones we do in our house is we try to celebrate their feast days Oh yeah. So um, we, I, I've mentioned before that we've lost three yeah. um, children before birth, and so we always try to make sure to remember them on their feast days. So on the feast of Saint Maximilian Kolbe, on the feast of Saint Therese, we always make sure that we offer special prayers um, as a family, and and also ask for their intercession. We then we get to ask for two intercessions, right? Oh. That Saint Maximilian Kolbe would pray for us, and also right. that Saint Max Joyce would pray for us, oh. which is a really wonderful. That's thing. That's lovely. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And you know what? We pray for them. Not only do I offer masses, but we feast on their birthdays and anniversaries, yes. too. So my dad's birthday was just a few weeks ago. And so the kids are like, where's our cake? Because every <laughs> feast they know there's must have cake. cake right? <laughs> so we pray for the repose of his soul, and we have cake. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. So the other thing that we have started doing, and actually kind of harkens back to 
um, my previous life as a Hindu, but um, it, it doesn't. It's, it's very Catholic, and it's seen a lot in Hispanic cultures is, is to set up an, what in Spanish would be called an ofrenda. And so we send up um, on our mantle just pictures of people that have gone before us for all of November so that we remember to pray for them daily. And so um, there's pictures, there's flowers, it's joyful, and we tell stories and we remember Right? We remember just as we would the saints with a capital S. We tell the stories of how they have helped us be who we are. We tell fun stories. We tell sad stories. We just And that is one way that we keep their memory alive with us. And then we pray for their, the repose of their souls. I think that's really beautiful. And I think um, when we're talking about the practical example, because mm-hmm. you know I love a practical example, yes. um, I think it's really helpful to be clear with our kids we know that our loved ones, or we can be assured that our loved ones are entrusted to the mercy of God. Yes. Um, and, and that our praying or our remembering isn't so that they'll be forgotten, like some movies might imply. Oh. <laughs> I know which one you are speaking okay. of that is theologically incorrect. Right? Yes. Because every single one of our loved ones who has died is known personally by God right. and is unrepeatable 100%. and beautifully and wonderfully yeah. made to be part to be part of his his eternal life that he has set aside for us. So like really making sure that we're driving that home with our little people, I think is very helpful this time of year. They don't disappear because we forget them. Yes, thank you. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%, but also too, by remembering them, they're still part of our lives. So like when we get sad around death, and I think that that is why we do this, Mm -hmm. is that it's so easy to become really somber and sorrowful and really miss that person. And and we've gone through some growing pains, especially with recent losses. But when we tell the stories, we remember the joy. And so they continue to live on in our memory and their impact continues to live on in our lives, just like the saints with the capital S. Yes. Right. And all of those who've gone before us are still part of the church. Absolutely. Right? They're at yeah. every mass. Yes. And that actually is a beautiful thing. And I think I might have shared this before, but after my mom died, my daughter had some issues going. She was just angry. And so she was having some issues praying. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I'm like, do you know that at every Mass, heaven and earth collide? That the entire mystical body of Christ is present there. So if you want to be close, that's where it needs to be, right? Like, that's where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Be there and beg. Scream at Jesus if you need to quietly, not out loud in Mass, please. (laughs) (laughs) But like, if you're angry, be angry with God, but be there. Yeah. And so, yeah, that is the other thing. You know, be at Mass, go to Mass more regularly, and even if we're not officially offering a Mass for them, pray for them when we are at Mass. When we are at the offertory, offer your prayer and yourself for them. Yes. God will reward that. Yes. And it's a good opportunity, too, in November to visit the cemetery, if you have loved ones buried there, to Mm -hmm. clean off their headstone. That's always a beautiful corporal work work of mercy. mercy, Um, and, And to take time to pray for our dead. And I think if you have the opportunity to go to a cemetery, it is helpful to make it a little less creepy. I think it's helpful to make it a place that's beautiful because Absolutely. people are, you know, be, because you can think about the rest, yes. right? That they are in peace. Right. And, and instead of it being a creepy, scary right, place all that we're trying to right. avoid. Yeah. Maybe don't watch the horror movies before don't you go to the, the cemetery. Scary movies before yeah. you come to the cemetery. No. Come uh, there and enjoy it because it's a beautiful place where we people do. are at rest. We actually, I talk about like, uh, that is, that is this home now. Like that is where we go to visit her, right? Mm-hmm. So on her birthday, we take cupcakes and we hang out because yeah. that's, on earth, the little plot of land where we get to do that, where we are the closest to whatever physical remains. 
Um, and so we just make it an, a home away from home. And that's that's grandma's house. Beautiful. Which is a little weird, but also like it, it demystifies it to yes. a certain extent, right? Like it makes it approachable to be like, okay, we're going to go visit. We're going to have cupcakes. We're going to bring her flowers. We're going to show her a drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so helping them to just continue that relationship. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So, so what is our what is our action for? Yeah. This? So I think um, this this is really maybe two parts. I think you have one too, but the one that I was oh, thinking I do. of. Um, like, do is, I? <laughs> I do. <laughs> is to talk as a family about the communion of saints. Um, and I even have a citation here. So I must have looked this up before we came to record today. You must have, but, but you, you didn't write, go, you didn't write, write it out though. Down. <laughs> if you go to catechism paragraph 962, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. learn a little bit more about the communion of saints, which we were just talking about here, yeah. that we know that all of our faithful departed are in heaven, whether they are a saint with a capital S or a lowercase s, and that they all participate in mass with us, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. And then take some time to share stories of the saintly qualities of your deceased family members, put some pictures in a special place to remember them and pray for their souls and the souls of the faithful departed in your family for the whole month of November. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And I just ran across this. If you've never been, the DIA also has an exhibit that runs through next weekend. I think it ends November 5th, uh, showcasing the art of ofrendas. And so they have different ofrendas on display so that you can just look at the beauty of how people remember their beloved dead. Um, And that can be a fun and non-creepy kind of way to introduce that whole idea to your own children, especially the young ones for whom the visual uh, retelling is so attractive. Um, And it's free for the Tri-County area. I love it. Yeah. So it's a a great way to explore that tradition with your family, I think. Beautiful. All right. I think that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Beyond Sunday. As we approach the month of all souls, know that we are praying alongside you for all those loved ones who have gone on to eternal life before us. Find more episodes at 52sundays.com slash podcast or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can reach us at beyondsunday at aod.org. This episode of Beyond Sunday has been brought to you by Assumption University in Windsor, Ontario, one of Canada's most historic Catholic institutes of higher learning, tracing its origins to 1857. Learn more about their online graduate diploma in Catholic studies by going to assumptionu.ca or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.